Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fifth episode of Transformer Issues. My name is Aiden. My name is Elon. And this week, we'll be wrapping up Transformers Last Stand of the Wreckers, Issue 5. And we'll also be reviewing Generations Roadbuster, as well as Hunt for the Decepticons, Guzzle. And we will also be going over some exciting Transformers news for all you G1 fans. And if you want to shout out to us online, you can find us at Transformer Pod on Twitter and Transformer Issues on Instagram. Another shout-out to Jazz Fuzz. Hello, Chicagoland. If you've got a story to tell and you need podcast services to do it, look up Jazz Fuzz on Google, and you'll find the website. And away with our show. Before we begin our reviews, let's start with the news. Coming back for one night only is Transformers the Movie, the animated 1985 classic. The good one. Mm -hmm. And in collector's news, Denkai Hobby has a wave of two very interesting uh, pre-orders up that should be appearing in stores online now. First is a re-release of Big Convoy from Beast Wars 2 Neo, but this time in show-accurate colors. And for those of us who just can't wait to our Hasbro Toe Shop to open up their orders for the Throne of the Primes San Diego Comic-Con uh, limited edition exclusive, boy, that was a mouthful, online retailers are beginning to accept the Japanese Denkai Hobby version for roughly $90, a.k.a. number PP43, or, yeah. And for more Beast Wars collector's news, if you have deep pockets and are a huge Masterpiece Transformers collector, um, MP43 Beast Wars Megatron is still up for pre-order on the Big Bad Toy Store. And guaranteed, most of that money is going into his toothbrush accessory. But sadly, all Beast Wars fans, I apologize, he does not have a rubber ducky. I know, that. I, I don't know if that makes it worth it. You know, that, no. kind of, that just makes or break the figure for me. I mean, like, the sculpt is really nice, but, you know... The sculpt is really nice. He's, you know, has great posability. Painting is beautiful, but no rubber ducky. No, I I'm mean... Done. No, not even worth the 320 bucks. Yeah, for that price, I actually want, like, the it to be made out of actual rubber and squeak. I don't care how small they have to make it. <laughs> it just has to squeak on it. They own. can... I mean, they can make pretty small things. Have you ever seen what third party can do? Yeah. Can make toys thunder Erebus. Yeah, but there's also like shape ways too. But like I, you know, it, I, it's just I'm sorry. I think I, when you see Beast Wars Megatron, it's kind of ubiquitous with that ducky. Yeah. But let's go on to our comic. Last week we left off at Transformers Last End of the Issue or Last Stand. Last End the Issue Wreckers Four. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, last week we left off reviewing. Transformers Last Stand of the Wreckers, issue number four. And this time we continue back with issue number five, where we open up with a, well, Aiden, why don't you describe it? Well, uh, to make it long story short, um, Overlord ripped Guzzle in half. So did he, I think he's just, did he just mimic Megatron from the first Michael Bay movie? Yep. He, well, he just ripped him in half. Yep. Guzzle is now jazz, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, Guzzle has definitely seen, you know, 
It's. I think he's just seen like his last stand right there, or at least it looks like it. Last stand of the Wreckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. That was terrible. I apologize. I'll see myself out. But let's continue onward. So we open up with a back on Garrison Nine, back in the where Springer and Overlord had decided to get into one final brawl. And yes, Guzzle has definitely just been split in twain. And I want to say horizontal, but not lengthwise. So I don't know. Maybe that can be fixed. Possibly. I mean, we've, trust me, we've seen more brutal deaths from this in this comic. Yes. And I've put it together a couple of Transformer toys that had the same problem. I mean, all it just takes is like a couple of screws and like a couple of hexes and, you know, just never turn it past a certain radius and you'll be just okay. Some, just some super glue. Oh, yeah. But you but, still got to rotate it. <laughs> hey, we don't need a waist swivel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But speaking of which, um, oh, shit. Uh, Completely lost in thought here. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Whose phone is that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So is it on mute? Okay. Okay. I just lost focus there for a second. Lost words. Mm-hmm. Such words. Your review. We didn't start artist, with that. Artist, writer, death toll. Okay. Shit. <sighs> okay. Okay. And let us segue into uh, our issue review, which is The Last Stand of the Wreckers, issue five, written and drawn by Nick Roche. But it doesn't show the author. It no, it does. Uh, James Roberts. Okay, I'll take that real quick. I'll, I'll start again. And to segue into our issue review, we continue on with Transformers, The Last Stand of the Wreckers, issue five. Written by Nick Roche and James Roberts, and at this time only drawn by Nick Roche himself. Somewhat of a shame, but, you know, his art's good anyway, so that's fine. Yep, it got him into Spider-Man comics, so. Perfect. You know? And you know what, fun fact, he actually broke into comics by drawing Batman first. And then going to other, like, lesser-known comics, whereas, like, it, everyone else in the comic book industry does the exact opposite. It's really weird on how, <laughs> how artists can be. But when we open into the issue, for once it's not with a flashback, it is in present day on Garrus 9, where Overlord basically just became Michael Bay Transformers Megatron, and Guzzle became Jazz, as in he was, he's was he been ripped in, twi- in two Yep. When I first saw this panel, I scream like part of me just screamed internally, Guzzle! Oh. Ouch. <laughs> but 
But yeah, but we begin with a poem and a interesting summary of like the events that have fallen so far. And also, it looks like the rest of the records are ready to deal impactors or I'm sorry, Overlord, some payback. Which includes Cup, Springer, and Impactor. Mm-hmm. And the most latter of which has just taken out Overlord's eye with his harpoon hand. Yep, but not before Overlord smacks Cup with uh, both halves of Guzzle. I mean, he's not dead, he's just... Cup's Be- not dead. Just wrecked. Yep, as thanks it? to the Guzzle, his tank club. <laughs> <laughs> Then we come back to the Aquitus Chamber, where, long story short, Pyro volunteers to stay back while the others try to escape. Mm-hmm. And Pyro decides to live up to his extreme chase of Optimus Prime Envy by deciding to valiantly go down with a motto. Or last words in this case. I figured that that dying to save the people you care about is the most that anyone can do. Speaking of death, yeah, he dies. Bringing our death toll to 22. And a horrible one with that. Like, I, you can just see the mouth plate falling off of his face and, like, when you get close up there. Long story short, like, how many Decepticons do we have there? It looks like uh, a shit ton. <laughs> a metric shit ton of them. <laughs> a metric shit ton of... Decepticons just, just tearing him to pieces. Just enough to like it, they're like they're not big ones, so it's just enough for them to like crawl over over him like spider monkeys <laughs> and like rip him or quarter him from like limb to limb, so to speak. With like gruesome energon spilled everywhere. But hey. <laughs> and then we Ooh, look at that. Another flashback. But back to Pova, the real Pova. <laughs> <laughs> Where it, where Impactor, for the sake of the mission, shoots Springer just right in the back. Despite all of Springer's protests saying, I don't like, have circuit dampeners. I'm going like, to feel this. Stop, stop. And then, bang. Boom. And then Impactor proceeds to call Prowl. And Prowl gets all bureaucratic in Impactor's face. Or bureaucratic. Bureaucratic. Bureaucratic right up in an impactor's face. I mean, it's a it's one way to do Prowl as opposed to the Transformers animated take on where he's a ninja. I'm not complaining, but oh, trust me. Yeah, this Prowl's kind of he's not as like good-hearted. Well, definitely not as good-hearted no. as the classic Prowl, but he's more interesting in that. Like, I like to think of him as the Nick Fury of this universe, and that like. Most people are willing to turn a blind eye to what he does because he takes care of problems that most people or most other Autobots won't want to deal with, including Optimus. And this time he doesn't die at the opening of the Transformers movie? Oh, no. He gets to live, and he lives a long and interesting life. <laughs> he gets other Autobots to die for him. Well, it's fair in love and war, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not not in this case. Not No, not in this case at all. But, yeah. But then Prowl orders... Impactor to release the Squadron X prisoners on the grounds that Pova is neutral, la- neutral and t- treaty protected the planet or land in this case in the war. Frustrated, Impactor just goes straight to the imprisoned Squadron X members and just goes, "Well, 
Well, everybody else just stands by, and Springer tries hard to save them, but... Then he looks upon what is currently my favorite shot in all Transformers comics, where we see Impactor, covered in Energon, standing over the bodies (laughs) of Squadron X. How many... How many corpses is that? Uh, well, let's go back a couple pages. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. At least seven guys in there. So that means our death toll is, what, 29 now? Yes. Damn. And I'm pretty sure it's a little bit higher, but we're using conservative numbers. Yeah. But don't worry. It will skyrocket upward because we turn on to the next page where we go back to the present. Where we can see the the size difference between Springer and Overlord, as in, let's just say this: Overlord's lips are bigger than Springer's nose, mm-hmm. like much. But his eyeball is bigger than Springer's nose. Oh yeah, there's definitely a weight class. Uh, well, to put it plainly, Springer's definitely outclassed here in a definitely weight sense. <laughs> Whatever boxers use. <laughs> where apparently Overlord has given an order and where, long story short, it's kill every single prisoner. And we see three more deaths. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, now 32? Yeah. We get Iron Fist and Perceptor coming in to save the Springer's thrusters using a well-placed shot that takes off Overlord's right forearm. Where they toss... They toss Springer, which is basically a minigun, and then he unloads on Overlord, and it does pretty much nothing, so Overlord rips off his face. And we see Overlord here doing his best impression of Give Me Your Face Optimus Prime from the Bay Films, with him literally slapping Springer's face off. It's actually still pretty funny to watch, despite the fact how gruesome it is. Oh yeah, you can just see like the eye and everything. I look at the next panel where he's holding part of Springer's face while it's dripping energy on, and he just says, "Sweet." And when yeah. I when I see the sweet, I think of Princess Peach and Smash Brothers saying "sweet." Then I also think of that one comic where the Joker rips off his own face and then staples it back on to himself, and it's I forgot what comic that was, but oh, jeez, I think it was. Was it the, a death in the family? No, I think it was predated that. It was like something else. Like death in the family is when he stapled it back on. Um, yeah, that and is then, when he stapled it back on. And then when when did he rip it up? Which was a gruesome scene, to say the least. Oh yeah, it was. I, to be honest, I never read the story, but I, I read articles about it. But yeah, it was pretty effed up. I'm wondering how they would possibly do in like a movie an anime movie adaptation of that. Because I'm sure A Death in a Family is in the same boat as The Killing Joke, where it's so popular, there's no way they eventually... I'm sure they'll eventually do it, but they still have not yet made an anime movie about it. Hopefully this time they don't dedicate one-third of the in- entire movie to Batgirl. Yeah, well, that was the one bad thing about The Killing Joke movie, in my opinion. The rest of it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was a faithful adaptation, but I felt like the... It was literally they just needed to pad it. The they, they just need, yeah, they just needed to extend the runtime to make it viable to put in theaters. I know, but which I thought would be like it. It was a bit of a stretch, you know. They should have just kept it straight to DVD and not have to worry, operate under that constraint. But yeah, but still, the rest, the actual killing joke part is really faithful, and just Mark Hamill, as always, 
does oh yeah an amazing work and kevin conroy as batman is just classic my own who wanted this who would probably want to see a batman transformers crossover Yes, but only if Batman pays to have his own, like, Batmobile turned into a Transformer or something like that. That would be hilarious. I would love to see that. Or, like, Batman changes into the head of that that Transformer so that way (laughs) he he can control... Is he a headmaster now? Yes. He's a bat headmaster. (laughs) Just, I... The picture that's in my mind now just looks so silly. No, it gets more silly because now I want it to be, like, the Batwing and the Batmobile. So it's going to be, like, a triple-changing thing. The triple-changer? Yeah. Triple-changer where Batman is the the headmaster. Yes. That's just a really funny image. And then Robin can be a gun. Robin Robin just transforms to a gun. Yeah, he just shoots batarangs. (laughs) What is the muzzle? Is the muzzle of his... uh, the muzzle of the gun, his neck and mouth. Actually, no. Like it gets kind of worse because the original Target Master toys, the barrels would be the lower legs, and somehow they would have to like aim, despite the fact that like they would they would not like basically they would have to shoot aim out of their butts. That's the way it looked like. That's like the biggest. It's the running joke with the original Target Master. Target toys. acquired. Mm-hmm. And then just like you know. An interesting, like, queef targeting, or, like, a fart targeting system, you know? Back back to the comic. Yeah, we went on a journey. In addition to enjoying uh, Springer in a Palm, Overlord Overlord smacks around Perceptor, calling him a gun-fondling battle sad, which is, to be honest, not that far from the truth. That's meta, dude. (laughs) And apparently it all comes down to just your boy Iron Fist over here, which, remember, has a queenus inside of him. Mm-hmm. Where Iron Fist mentions that there's thousands of deterrence chips, which was what um, Springer was firing out of that minigun, are laying roots in, roots as they're called, in Overlord's endoskeleton, which are rigged to explode. Overlord says, but here's the problem, my guy. You have no way to detonate him. But, oh wait, Iron Fist has a quitus, so all those mini bombs just blow up inside of Overlord, mm-hmm. which... Basically makes him the, uh, the the Cybertronian torch. Or he does his best Terminator cosplay. I was the next... right about to say he's the Terminator. Yeah, because we see him now, all his armor's completely off, and he's just super skeleton or whatever they call it. Endoskeleton. Endoskeleton, superstructure. And he doesn't even have, like, uh, metal skin on his fla- face anymore. He's just a flaming, burning Terminator machine, like, looking something straight out of, uh... James Cameron's dreams or wallet, I, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> At least it's not Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, Iron Fist gets a blowout from accessing that much Quetus uh, knowledge. What, he looks like he's just being possessed by like a demon as mist is coming from his eyes. Oh yeah, he's not burned out just yet. Not just yet. But then Impactor comes back, blasts this blast overlord. Doesn't kill him, unfortunately. But not before Verity can deliver some terribly disappointing news. Apparently Megatron is no more. The one thing that Overlord wanted to fight is one, or like the one person he wanted to see more than anyone else in the universe. His favorite rematch has been canceled, and he just got the notice. (laughs) That's like making a plan for a concert, and then the concert gets canceled. Making plans and backing out at the last minute. Megatron's an asshole. (laughs) 
I know, yeah. I mean, what the heck, Megatron? Aren't you supposed to, like, be... Megatron, at least survived. You have a rematch, man. Like, dude. I think Optimus finally got a good shot in. Finally? Yes. He nearly killed Megatron in the movie. Well, that was the Bay movie. This is, like, no, not... I, like, the original movie. Well, okay, fine. And then Megatron did get upgraded, but still... Well, I mean, that's because Hot Rod got in the way. Oh, yeah. Hot Rod messed everything up. Well, don't talk bad about my boy Hot Rod. He's my favorite Autobot. I will talk bad about him. He's the reason Prime died. No, okay? no. It was the destiny. Hey, if, no, listen, it, no. listen. <laughs> no, it's, it's, he's the chosen one. You got to respect him. If, if what, is Star he Anakin Wars, Skywalker? No, no, well, no, he's not Anakin. He's more like Luke, you know? He'll fuck up later when he's older, but not now. Oh, he's yeah, golden. he'll fuck up later. <laughs> Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, but dude, you tried to kill a youngling. I know. Bro. I know. What well, the heck? Oh, whatever. At least this one was done by Mark Hamill, which, you know, like I said earlier, is amazing. Oh, yeah. Great voice actor. Great just actor. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I just, I like his Joker more than his Luke. I'll just say You know, that. I agree. I'm going to say that right now. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact. Mark Hamill also played the Fallen as the Fallen in um, the Machinima Transformers Titans Return. The show sucked, but hey, Mark Hamill's in it, so that that's something good for it, you know? Yeah, you get to see, you know, great, great voice acting by talented voice actor, talented, a very talented cast with a very, you know, not so ex- existing script, so to speak. So I mean, it was there, but it was terrible. Oh, yeah. It was like... The first, it was from what I understand, like the the studio that did it, they apparently didn't have any writers for it. So it was a lot of every. So the guys who were animating it were also writing at the same time. Well, I shit you not. There's an there's a scene in I forgot what it was. If it was um, Combiner Wars or Titans Return, both done by Machinima, where Starscream gets shot, and this is like post Cybertronian War in a way, where like Rodimus. Um, Starscream and I forgot who else are like in a little squat together. I don't remember what it was. Um, Starscream gets shot, and then you get the most delayed reaction ever from Rodimus, where he gets shot three seconds later. Hmm. <sighs> Damn. I'm serious. Ah, uh, that just hurts because like I may, after Combiner Wars, I couldn't handle it, and I saw like one or two of ti- or, uh, Titans Titan Returns, and you're just like, nope, done. I know, and it was like. I, like, I was expecting more because, like, they said, oh, we're going to try harder, but no. No, they didn't. I'm they, just, they got tr- they tried harder, yes. They got better voice actors. That's true. That's about it. I'm just glad they weren't, you know, they weren't adapta- or doing an adaptation of Last Then on the Wreckers. That would have been... <sighs> I would love an adaptation of Last Then on the Wreckers, but not only by if, Machinima. Yeah, only if it was, like, you know, the same people who handle DC animated stuff. You know, I would try, like, if it was, like, the exact same, like, level of expertise, it'd be so Oh, I'd awesome. be so down for that. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Impactor, uh, well, we got back to the story where Impactor is continuing to lay down the law against Overlord. Apparently, he is the law. Mm-hmm. I am law. Where, once again, the burning endoskeleton of Overlord is just falling apart at the seams. He's not dead. But he's just, you know, given up. At which point, Impactor decides to 
quietly and discreetly could disconnect his brain from the rest of his body. Not quite killing him, but making sure he's no longer a problem for anyone else. Where he's going to be able to, he's going to stand trial, as Impactor puts it, just mm-hmm. like he did. Like, because killing him would be too much. He deserves to die, yes, but you didn't have to kill him, as Springer used to say. And Impactor is now taken to heart, because Springer is supposedly dead. At this point. At this point, because he assumes that, because he has no face. I know, and he's probably leaking lubricants all over the place. So, well, they don't show it just yet, but I can, it's probably definitely off-panel. Yeah. And, oh, Iron Fist is coming back. He's not quite out yet. Yet. And then when we go to the next page, we see pretty much the aftermath of the whole battle because Overlord's down, most of the prisoners are dead, a lot of the wreckers are dead, mm-hmm. where, hey, Springer's actually alive and is just going through life support mm-hmm. with Ratchet. With a special life support mask that I kind of like. It's... It's kind of got like this nice little scuba, you know, gear going like on to it. Scuba suit. Yeah. Where's my super suit? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Frozone's visor. Totally. Yeah, that's a good callback, dude. I know Incredibles too. Great movie. How how was it? Oh, it was, dude, it was amazing. Definitely, awesome. definitely worth the wait. Yeah. Fourteen years. Has it been that long? It has been that long. Damn. That's just way too long. Get together, Bradford. But it ends. It happens that uh, Iron Fist did not survive the trip back from Garrus Nine. He had what uh, a mechanical aneurysm. Yep, he had a cerebrocentric bullet edging his way towards his brain for the last eighteen months. And according to a report that's uh, that Prowl is reading, it's a lab accident, which is ultimately reveals. The reason why Prowl specifically tried to recruit Iron Fist for Aquahitas. As, well, um, Ultra Magnus and Prowl chat about it. Mm-hmm. And then we begin to understand what was the Prowl's real reason for getting Aquahitas. Aquahitas is, not only was it a gigantic repository of knowledge that calculated guilt, but knowledge. it's also... <laughs> it's also a repository of every Autobot atrocity ever committed by the Autobots. And that being like rogue Autobots just going out of their way. Some like uh, in case in point here in the next panel, we see Prowl standing amongst a list of judges and prosecutors against one Autobot in a, in a red, orange, yellow kind of camo thing, mm-hmm. which is a callback to the Marvel UK uh, Transformers comic series. This guy was known as Flame and he brought back an what entire. What a creative name. Oh, yeah. Well, it gets even kind of crazier because he was a one-shot villain. At least it's not Skylander's level of terrible. Oh, no. Well, could be. It depends on what he transforms into. The Skylander's names kind of suck. There's puns. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, he brought back a whole city as zombified Transformers. So I'm guessing he kind of continued his little experiments in this universe as well. Damn, that's a high-level fan fiction right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Ultra Magnus and Prowl continue to discuss the fact that nobody's bothered to check the data yet to see if they what has been saved from Iron Fist's brain has been corrupted or not. And is is now all been put into a little chip. 
And our last few panels are dedicated to all that purple text that's been throughout the entire issue, and it turns out that is the message that Verity has been writing on her laptop the whole time. It is Iron Fist's last Audiopedia entry for the Wreckers. In-universe Transformers Wikipedia? Yep, Audiopedia. There's an official, unfortunately, because you can only get it in a couple editions online, there's been in the back of every issue of The Last Night of the Wreckers a profile unit that's actually taken from the in-universe Wikipedia, so to speak. That is hilarious. That's meta, actually. Oh, yeah. And Iron Fist was the head or curator or... I guess writer, whatever you want to call it, whatever they call like the head wiki writer at wiki. But yeah. And he's sort of been the super fanboy this entire time, or at least the, as at least the comics explains it that way. Oh yeah. Luckily he became important. Definitely. Well, unluckily, because this time he didn't make it quite through. He made it all the way through though to issue five, which Which is a a genuine surprise because he was a fodder rookie for a while. And then Aquitas, Mm-hmm. Pyro was always a fodder rookie. He got massacred by like I don't know how many Decepticons, a, cra- a shit ton. Oh yeah, did we even bother to keep track of the like the kill count? We like- are currently at, and with Iron, actually with Iron Fist dead, we are at thirty three on screen deaths. Wow, it's wow. They just definitely dropped like flies, and that right there closes out Last Stand of the Wreckers issue five and the whole storyline. Yeah. So, Aiden, how many records, five, like out of five records, how many records do you give this comic book? I'm actually going to give issue five a five out of five records just because I feel it is a fantastic close to what I believe is one of my favorite Transformer stories of all time now. As always, every single time, the writing and the drawing is amazing perfectly tells the story and i don't actually have a lot of bad things to say about this issue aside from the fact that how did guzzle survive they mentioned something about a fuel pump being moved elsewhere so it's like oh that critical part didn't quite break but i'm just saying i'm thinking maybe you know popularity <laughs> and it's just a nitpick because there's three times of criticism mm. yes you're right this is valid criticism no you're wrong this is not valid criticism and yeah you're right but it doesn't really matter that is nitpicking and my own, I can't really give any valid criticism to this. I can only nitpick this issue. And for that, like, I don't like to nitpick a lot. And if I have to, then I'm not going to tear down the rest of the issue for it, which is why I give this a 5 out of 5. This is a fantastic issue and just a whole fantastic story. I, too, would give it 5 out of 5. Um, I definitely think it was, when I read it, in fact, when a lot of people read it when it f- first came out, it was considered to be one of the best Transformers stories of all time, or at the time, the best one. A lot of them, uh, a lot of fans compared it to Watchmen in that it may- decided to take a squeaky presentation of war and go, or like this, in this case, where it was Watchmen took superhero comics that were kind of clean and wholesome like at the time. Like the Watchmen comic or the Watchmen movie? The comic. Okay, because the Watch movie was actually pretty good, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, both of them were like... Zack Snyder, what happened to you? Huh? He ran out of source material. He didn't, he didn't, He ran out of source material. He stopped giving a shit. No, no. He just ran out of source material. He had to write his own stuff. Um, But, yeah, it was, cons- it was considered to be like a... 
sort of a semi-realistic take on the reality of having a war that goes on for 4 million years. You know, not that that can be considered realistic and by human standards, but... Unless you consider the war on nature. Well, we've only been around for like 10,000 years, so we're still lagging behind. <laughs> Thankfully. But hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it stays that way for long enough. But yeah, it's been, it was a fantastic issue or a fantastic saga. And it sort of raised the bar in terms of like what a Transformer comic can be versus what people thought it couldn't be mm-hmm. beforehand. And it kind of paved the way be, for um, other writers to go higher places and to make a, and just offer more var- or variety in terms of like what can be told with a Transformer comic because at that point it was mostly just emphasis on like the gang war mentality yeah autobots and decepticons it wasn't until like a couple of years later after this where idw went full on board with the uh, the going like just trying to push the fan- franchise into new places and hasbro was totally for it because they were like you know okay if, just toss in a new character of a like, uh, our new image of a toy that we made just recently, just put them in the comic once or one or two panels, do whatever you want, so to speak. But yeah, it's honestly one of, it was been a delightful read going back and like seeing, reading this comic with you and like seeing it from like new, new person eyes, you know, Yeah, because here's the thing I, from what I've seen from the IDW comics, the way I feel about it is similar to the way I feel in a, stars by the way i feel like the more interesting stories are better when they're taken away from like the basic autobiographers decepticons plot or in star wars's case the empire darth vader and rebels plot yeah where the more interesting more unique stories that don't really matter in the large universe such as the entire clone wars tv show which is getting another season Woo! thank you so much <clears throat> but that Right there is some of my favorite Star Wars material of all time, just because it isn't that much connected to the rest of the story. Yeah. Which is why I also like this. Don't kill me for this, but I like the prequel era. I don't like the first two films. The third one I really like. But that was just a whole new Star Wars story in the universe that connected to the main. And that's why I prefer the prequel like time period in the Star Wars universe more because it's a once again a more unique story that isn't connected to what people are so attached to. Yeah, it, anything that can do that, I really appreciate, and that's why I love the IDW comics. Hell yeah! Especially this. This is just amazing. Well, if you like this, get ready to go back a little bit where we come return next week with Transformers Spotlight Cup, where we get to see what happened to Cup before he joined the Wreckers. And start the kill count all over again. Oh, yeah. And our ending kill count for last time on the Wreckers is 33. On screen, of course. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, energon and bolts everywhere. And, f- and just Springer faces. I feel that is the perfect segue into our tour reviews for the week. Oh, yeah. Elon, what do we have here? Okay, so this week we got... Generations Roadbuster uh, from the Thrilling 30 line. Another wrecker, right? Oh, yeah. But, but just wasn't featured in the comic? No, at this point, he was like kind of pulled out for uh, reasons that will be explained in another co- wrecker's comic. 
But we also have Guzzle, or at least it's Guzzle a- from Revenge of the Fallen toy line. Oh, and what class is it? What class of Transformer is this? I would say he's what they call a legend or scout figure. He's like one of the smallest size you can possibly get, which is appropriate considering he was like the tiniest guy in the record, the new records. Yeah, which is not a problem. Even the smallest Transformers figures are amazing. You know, most notably uh, the little convoy or high black high Q that came with the Thunder Erebus third party figure. That was a representation of Power Master Optimus Prime, Nemesis Prime, actually. And that was a that by itself was just a really small figure, barely bigger than my thumb. It had great posability, and it was just pretty cool by itself. Even huh. small Transformers figures can be great, including my. I have a tiny little Prowl from Transformers Animated. Oh yeah, that thing could bend and do the splits and everything. Oh, I remember that. But we both have them in their alt modes. Guzzle here, of course, a tank, mm-hmm. and Roadbuster. Is that the name? Yeah, Roadbuster, he's in his Cybertronian, uh, well, I guess it's Cybertronian. I assume so. I mean, he has two big cannons on it. All-terrain vehicle mode, where he's just a gigantic armored all-terrain vehicle, I guess. Reminds me of a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah, he's got four rugged tires, and he's got armored armored windows that you can see from all sides, as well as a ton of weapons. Oh, boy, that's excessive. Oh yeah, one of them actually fires a missile, and there it rolls. Does it? Yeah. Do, uh, how hard is the missile? Doesn't hit that hard. I mean, just don't put it in your eye, and you'll be okay. Yeah. But you're not going to lose the eye unless. Uh, but if, if you do lose the eye, then you have bigger problems. Like, because like nobody should be losing an eye. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, he comes with a ton of accessories, a lot of five millimeter ports that plug into him. Lots of guns, lots of I guns, actually. But, yeah, about, uh, just in general, what would you say about this alt mode over here? I kind of like it. The color combination, it's got, like, a interesting semi-desert camo. It could possibly be done as, you can possibly interpret it as, like, a beach buggy as well. Or it's got a- some moss green, some mm-hmm. brown, and then bright orange, which is my least favorite part of it. It's not that nice to look at, to be brutally honest. But I love the sculpt of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, how how many firing missiles would you give this out of five? I would give this... You know, I would just give this a five out of five. It just looks like... A, to me, it looks like a fun little toy. It doesn't do much. The wheels roll, which is nice. And you can actually visibly see it, which is an extra, you know... You don't see that a lot. Oh yeah, not not with the, with Guzzle over here, and not, not only that, but like, I just love the fact that he comes with so many damn weapons that plug in, tab into each other, that become even larger, like crazy weapons. You can like, plug them all into make one gigantic super weapon. This is like a, it reminds me of Hound. Oh yeah, he's like a proto Hound or proto movie Hound. Yeah, I'd give this about a four out of five. Like I said, my biggest issue with it is the painting, which doesn't look great in some areas and it looks pretty good in other areas. But aside from that, it's decently shaped and it rolls nice. The ki- and weapon storage actually looks pretty organic for when you get like a shit ton of weapons with a transformer and you store them on the vehicle mode. Some it, it can either be really good looking or really shitty looking. 
Oh yeah, depend. And if it's like a less, if it's like a less realistic weapon, then it looks you just more eye soaring. Yeah, it hurts the eyes. But when I put, but when the weapons are put on this, it doesn't look too bad. I would have no problem looking at that on a shelf. But like I said, the painting is probably my biggest issue. And that's the only real bad thing I have to say about it. Painting means a lot to me, though. Okay. And now that you had some time to tank about it, what do you think of uh, tank about it. Guzzle over there? How many tank treads out of five would you give this guy? Um, Probably a, a, a three out of five? Actually, no, a two out of five. See, here's the thing. It looks really nice. The weapon storage looks nice. Looks like an organic tank. Painted well, sculpted well. But here's my problem. It's a brick. It it has tiny wheels, but they barely even work. It kind of... It just doesn't have the right ground clearance to slide well. Yeah, and you can't even turn, like, the cannon or, like, tilt it up. You just have these little side weapons that swivel back and forth, which are his other weapons in his robot mode. Which... I'd, once again, fine as a display piece, but to play with, I would not really want to play this for too play with this for too long. Yeah, he doesn't even like try. Let's just try rolling him across the table. Wow, that is so. It didn't even go that far. That is pathetic. Not try, even halfway. Trying to put like a little more, more effort. Like, wow. Okay, that is really lame. Okay, let's try I'm roll gonna, off against this big guy. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna well, do it the exact same pressure. Okay. That goes nearly that, like just over halfway. Okay, yeah, like we got like a couple six inches on a light toss. If I, if a medium toss, it nearly goes off the mat, and with a, a medium toss with guzzle over here, two inches, I think two inches, just barely, ha- not even halfway across the mat. Oh, it doesn't even roll well. It doesn't no, its wheels are useless. All right, I'm gonna give this one, you know, two treads out of five, mostly because. I've seen better tanks for that size class. I mean, the sculpt is really nice, and it does look like an actual tank that you would see on Earth. Yeah. And the detail, like... Mechanical detail is good, just... It's just like... Brick. Exactly. And I guess it's if you don't mind displaying it only in the tank mode, then yeah, you'll be fine. But if you actually want to do something with it... You're SOL, my friend. Yeah. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the corner piece of any diorama. No, it's not. At least not in, not in tank mode. Yeah. Uh, how about we transform these fellas? Oh, look, it's done. And I've got Guzzle in hand. And well, he's got an interesting robot mode at this time. Uh, Looks like a starfish. <laughs> kinda. Well, I mean, they were trying to blend it in with the movie aesthetic. I think. Oh, he wasn't from uh, Revenge of the uh, the Fallen. He was from. The Hunt from the Decepticons line, I believe, as around for the third movie. What was it? Darker? No, Darker the Moon. Darker the Moon. Yeah. So he was like a toy line from that line or that movie, and they had to at that time they're trying to release like generation figures, but with the movie aesthetics. So that's basically what happened here. Yeah, what that's exactly what happened. But they definitely read the IDW comic because the blaster in his right hand is based off of uh, his. One in the comic called The Judge. That's a name. And the other one is just a generic missile pod, tank missile pod that folds out to become a blaster. And then he's got his giant tank can on the back that's probably compensating for something. 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He's he is Guzzle and he is a tank. Here's the thing: his 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 entire cannon is bigger than his torso. Exactly. Well, it's longer than his torso. Exactly like in the comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say I got to give this probably a three out of out of, out of five. Three out of five judges. Yeah. Mostly because it. It's not a bad figure, and from what you told me, it actually represents the character pretty well in, like, a um, Bayformers kind of way. It's just, I've never really been the biggest fan of Guzzle's design, but for for the character that's trying to represent, it does it well. It's just, I'd like to mention that the painting in his chest and his head looks so out of place with the rest of his limbs, which are all, like, military green. Yeah, he was definitely a... His chest is bright yellow, by the way. Oh, yeah. Fun fact about the original Guzzle toy. Um, oh, wait, the gun's right there in the hand. You got to plug, plug it in right. It's an open hand thing. Okay. But fun fact of the original... Fun fact about the original Guzzle toy, he was part of the spark starters, which basically means you'd pull them back and then sparks would come out of the rear in the tank mode. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they don't actually do that feature anymore uh, because, like, I'm guessing some kid started a fire somewhere with his little spark starter, uh, flint starter in a Transformer toy. Why am I not surprised? But, you know, hey, somebody's got to ruin it for everybody. Yep. Or some kid got to get horribly burnt and then parents rightfully have to ruin it for everyone. Oh, how would you rate the um, difficulty of the transformation? For Guzzle, I would say it's a pretty... It would be a pretty easy transformation if it weren't for the fact that because it's so tightly tabbed together, it's a little bit yet to force some things out. Yeah, that's why I was kind of wanted to hand it off to me, you because it. I just felt like I was gonna break it because oh, yeah. I didn't want to talk too hard because I'd figure it was would be a pretty easy transformation otherwise because it's such a small figure. But the way the tabs are, I just feel like I'm gonna break it. So that's yeah, but- why I didn't continue to transform it yeah and it is sturdier than it looks it is like a hardy figure it's not nothing's flimsy about it despite the fact that like it's got a lot of ball joints for uh the arms it says looks like it has very lanky limbs collecting connecting the shoulders to the forearm oh yeah it reminds me of my uh my drop kick that i brought in the first episode yeah it's that bay movie aesthetic you know yeah and unfortunately and the tort Sadly, because actually, because it's uh, no longer encumbered by the, I mean, like the barrel of the turret is no longer encumbered by the rest of the turret, it actually has full mobility, like 180 degree turn, full 90 degree tilt upward. You know, you can actually store it down and make Guzzle shorter instead of his way of cheating his way into rides with his tank barrel. Okay, that just brings it down to another two out of five for me. Yeah. Because... It's a tank. I want to turn the turret. I can't even lift it up in tank mode. And here, when it really shouldn't move, it moves? Are you kidding me? I know. That's a sad reveal. I mean, it was a nice feature, but you do want it something... You do want it available in both modes. Yeah. How would you rate this? Uh, Overall, I'd rate Guzzle a 3 out of 5, or 3 judges out of 5. Uh, he's an all right. He's a decent representation of the figure. There hasn't been any generations uh, guzzle that I've seen that I would want to buy, or at least that I have saw. Facebook net 
face and, sculpt looks nasty. And to be honest, it's nice that he's his own sculpt, and because like the only t- chance I see him ever coming into the main line is being a repaint of another Autobot tank named Warpath, who has a barrel, whose the turret and the tank barrel are coming out of his chest, whereas Guzzle. What is, is this original Megatron? Oh no, no, this is just like way back in the day. But he does get repainted as Megatron a lot. Oh, okay, no wonder. Yeah. Because the, he can't transform to a gun anymore unless you're Masterpiece, apparently. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be like an oversized version now, too. Yeah. And it's going to be like three times the size of the actual gun. It's got to be a laser cannon, not like a, a regular gun. Okay, and then we go on to Roadbuster. What do you think of Roadbuster's robot mode? Um, I actually going to give it a four out of five once again. Mostly because now the painting... Uh, especially with the orange parts, looks a lot better because a lot more of it can be seen here. And the f- overall sculpt of it looks really nice. I love his head sculpt a lot. And all of his weapons don't look out of place at all on the rest of his design. It looks appropriate for the character. And his posability, which is my favorite thing in the world... It's not that bad for a Generations figure. It's got a nice head swivel. It does have a waist swivel. That sucks. It's got nice ratchet joints. See, you can hear that. It's got a double bend at the knee, actually. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You don't see a lot of that anymore. He's got great posability and a ton of ratchet joints, especially for a figure of that size. Yeah, it's, it's not my it's not my Starscream level of ratchet joints. At least it's not as annoying. But I gotta say, my only real problem with this is the... See, posability in the legs is a big thing for me, and I understand why it's not the best, but you know, it's just a pet peeve of mine, nitpicking again. And his cable with the wheels is a bit annoying, on the especially on the arms, but aside from that, it's pretty good. Love the weapons. Uh, it doesn't have an ankle pivot. That's a shame. Oh, wait. Wait. It does. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit weird, but it works, so I'm not going to complain. Oh. Oh, does he have light piping? There's a piece on the back that'd make you believe that, but either it's out of date or I just am blind as a bat. Uh, it could be painted over. Probably. Uh, that'd suck. They uh, yeah, they definitely painted over this one, unfortunately. Yeah, that sucks when they do that. Yeah. But yeah, how many... How many... How would I rate this? How would how many, uh, how many cannons... How many ankle pivots would you give this out of five? There we go. I would give them... You know, not only the maximum amount of, like, standard ankle pivots of two, but I would go three more past that to give him five ankle pivots. So, so five out of five, huh? Yeah, so he can get his leg blow, blown off and have, like, you know, enough ankle pivots left over. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's a solid figure. It is a it, very solid figure. Yeah, It doesn't feel flimsy at all, actually, especially because oh, yeah. of the ratchet joints. And all like and even like the non-ratcheted joints have just like a solid feel to them. They hold the weight up of everything just well, as particularly the guns, mm-hmm. which are basically three rifles, a missile launcher, a fake missile launcher, and one that looks like an AK forty-seven esque type of gun. Yeah, and all of these can be combined to make one super gun, or just expand upon the other larger two. There's they use little five milliliter pipes as well as like te- classic ubiquitous transformer tabs that you see all over the figures. You want to make that right now? Yeah, I'm going to just give like a little short one here. 
Um, I know this slides into something here, but it just it's just like a fun little thing that you can just spend hours on. I know I did when I got this figure. Is it like a Voyager class Bayformer's Hound level of weapon combining? Pretty much, yeah. You can combine all of these into one gigantic super weapon, if you please. And unlike a lot of other Transformers weapons, these are actually painted, and it looks really nice. Oh, yeah. And this was around, right around the time they reintroduced stickers into Transformers, so... Decals? Oh, yeah. Nice little decals. I think they do... They're not the best stickers I've got. I've seen, but they do the job pretty well. I highly... If you do get this somehow mint in box, I recommend holding on to an X-Acto knife, and just because some of these stickers don't fit the areas that they uh, are supposed to go over very well, so you can run the risk of them just peeling, peeling off. off. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a solid figure. I'm so glad I bought this figure when it came out. Uh, and it just filled the, the void on my shelf for a Roadbuster. But it's a solid figure. And let's go... And there's a couple fun facts. The original... Roadbuster toy was actually part of another toy line for another cartoon. I, it was called the Mujin Caliber from the Darovac toy line. And, oh yeah, great posability. Oh yeah. And the original, and it was also packaged in the records alongside Whirl, who was also a helicopter from that very same toy line so they were kind of it kind of explained why you never saw roadbuster in the original cartoons they just couldn't get the rights to air it on tv or at least not without a lot of trouble oh copyright laws my best friend oh yeah but overall it is a fantastic figure if you can find one i highly recommend getting it it's definitely going to be worth the additional charge that you will see. I would say maybe I wouldn't go high any higher than like maybe fifty bucks. So how much do you think this is worth? Uh, how much you get it for? Oh, I bought it like retail price twenty bucks back when Voyager class toys were twenty bucks. How much are they now? Like forty? No, they're still they're like twenty five, but they've been itching higher and higher in the last couple of years. Like they used to be when I first started or when they first formally introduced that size class it was like 17 bucks mm, 15 so i see yeah they gotten bigger and plastic has gotten more expensive somehow so and there's some toys that have die cast metal which is always fun oh yeah but that hasn't really done a lot with hasbro not a lot hey, sometimes just not a lot that's more of takara tomi's thing oh well yeah Again, if you can find one and you're interested in having a Roadbuster... Highly recommend this figure in particular. Was this Generations, right? Yeah, Generations Thrilling 30 line, I believe. Uh, so it's not that old of a figure. And the posability holds up actually better than most uh, Transformers released to the day. Mm -hmm. so, so go get one. And Now, if you want a neat little desk toy, the, the guzzle's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do a whole lot for me. Because, you know, I play posability in my Transformers. But, once again, nice for your desk. A little accessory. Yeah. But, yeah. It feels that if you have a guzzle spot that you need to fill in your Wrecker's shelf collection, then I recommend getting this one. But, because it doesn't look like Hasbro is going to be releasing any sort of new ones anytime soon. Especially with the Siege for Cybertron line being a retread of more of the popular characters from the first two seasons of the cartoon yeah and with that we wrap up our show join us next week when we review 
Transformers Spotlight Cup, and... Reset our death count, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. Which, don't worry, it will get high. Trust me. Just like Cup, because he's got all the Cigars. Oh, yeah. And we'll be back with another Cup toy, one that we haven't reviewed yet, as well as possibly one more Autobot or two. Once again, thank you all for listening. I am Aiden. I am Elon. And join us next week for more Transformer issues. Wreck and rule, everybody.